to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's very own DWZ. That is right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own rookie rundown. As always here, folks, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on social media, specifically Twitter, at Salad Galore. That is Dallas backwards with the double L galore. And we are in the thick of the offseason. Still, training camp is bustling. We are past the Hall of Fame game, entering into... You know, the preseason games. Um, This is where we start to see where those late roster-filling spot type of guys that you see flash in preseason games make a name for themselves here in the Dynasty community and in, you know, the redraft leagues too. Um, Occasionally you'll get those bust-out stars, and that's kind of what this installment is for. I'm taking a look at some guys that, albeit, they were drafted in pretty much every single rookie draft, um, but with the Oklahoma drill... This is the third installment of said drill. We'll be looking at two players that fit the exact same profile for the team that they were drafted onto and comparing them. Um, They're similar body types. They are similar roles in their college offenses, as well as what their anticipated role is here in the NFL. The first two weeks of this series for 2022 have focused on slot wide receivers, where I compared Mr. Jahan Dotson to Mr. Sky Moore, and then big bodied wide receivers last week with a comparison of Mr. George Pickens in Pittsburgh and Alec Pierce on the Indianapolis Colts. If you're listening now, you know that I'm definitely leaning towards Jahan Dotson and Alec Pierce in those two matchups. And if you want to know why, you're going to have to go back and listen because that means you haven't listened yet. But without further ado, we will jump into the running back segment. I have two weeks in a row here coming up of running back comparisons. And the first one is the fantasy darling position, the position that I feel like as a fantasy community, we may have the hardest time accurately pegging breakout stars in this specific role and it's the one that we're constantly chasing and that is the third down running back the scat back the pass catching running back the ppr dynamo the alvin kamara's everyone's trying to find the next alvin kamara and it's pretty much every single year where there's one or two players that are compared to him or compared to their game or people think that just because there's no one on the roster, there's someone that, because he has that skill set, is going to come in and become Alvin Kamara. Well, that's not how every offense works. And this, th- this comparison that I'm going to do is going to have two players that I wasn't very high on going into the draft, and I'm still not super high on for their overall outlook going into the dynasty realm. But they're two guys that got decent draft capital and two guys that have a track record of basically being pass-catching running backs. The first one is Mr. James Cook out of Georgia, and the second one is Mr. Rashad White out of Arizona State. When you're looking at them from just a physical standpoint, everything leans towards Rashad White. He comes in an inch and a half taller than James Cook as a six and a half foot versus a five, ten and a half player. Um, he weighs about 15 pounds more than Mr. James Cook, who came in at under 200 pounds, and Rashad White came in right at 215. Um, when it comes to age, Rashad White is about half a year older at 23 and a half years old, while um, you're looking at James Cook right at the 23 age mark, basically at season start. But what I'm most interested with these two players is when you compare their overall athletic 
matrix. So for those of you not um, familiar with it, it is courtesy of at MathBomb on Twitter, but they do an RAS score. It's relative athletic scoring, and they've been doing it basically the last 10 to 15 years-ish where you're getting a true athletic matrix and a true athletic breakdown of a prospect coming into the NFL based off of purely athletic measurables. This this stat doesn't really come into play when you're looking at people's film or when you're looking at people's overall you know, production in college. This is just exclusively what type of athletic specimen are you dealing with? Um, things like weight-adjusted 40s, their speed scores, their burst scores, their athletic agility scores, those are all taken into account and then put on a 0 to 10 scale. When you're comparing these two players, it is night and day. Mr. James Cook came in as the 203rd player in ranking out of 1624, so 1,624 total running backs since 1987 that were drafted athletically. So he is, you're looking basically at the tail end of the first, I don't know, eighth. So the first 16%. So you're looking at basically an 84th percentile athletic profile from a guy like James Cook. On the contrary, with Rashad White, his... RAS is sitting at 21st out of 1,624. He is in basically the 99th percentile athletically out of prospects that have come into the NFL at the running back position since 1987. The draft stock does not really support that. He was actually drafted almost an entire round after Mr. James Cook was. Cook went with the second-to-last pick in the second round when Rashad White went with the fourth-to-last pick in the third round. But where it really starts to lean towards Mr. Rashad White is pretty much everything production-wise in college. And that ultimately was my biggest issue with a guy like James Cook. He only had four games of double-digit touches across four total years at Georgia, which say what you will about them constantly splitting time at the position of running back in Georgia. But guess what? Sony Michelle saw double-digit touches three times as much times. Nick Chubb saw double-digit touches basically every time he was on the field. So people that are actually productive and people that are true athletic specimens and who deserve to see the touches do see it in that Georgia running back backfield. When you're looking at a James Cook, um, he only saw an 8.2% target share, which is abysmal for running backs, specifically those that are touted as pass-catching phenoms. Um, I said this in the pre-draft analysis of a guy like James Cook as well, but when I looked at James Cook, basically, if you take away the Michigan Bowl game that was on national televised, you know, the um, New Year's Six game that everyone paid attention to and started actually, you know, the common fantasy and dynasty player saw a guy like James Cook. Uh, if you take that game away, he <laughs> he averaged 12 receiving yards per game across his last 14 games. And it was not something that is look, I'm looking for. His production is terrible. Um, he only saw 43 total receptions over the last two years for 500 yards. Um, that's 11.8 yards per reception, which is, you know, about average what you would want from a running back. But when you compare all of those stats to what Rashad White was able to do, even during a COVID season, which both of these have underneath these metrics that I'm looking at, he almost tripled the target percentage of Mr. James Cook. He accounted for 18.9% target share in his offense. That's right. A running back accounted for nearly 20% of his overall target volume in his collegiate offense. That is borderline like what you would expect from like a Christian McCaffrey in the NFL. It's pretty wild. 
And when it comes to a three down skill set, because of his size, he's one of the few backs in the class outside of a Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker that can truly do it. Over the last two years, he didn't see many more receptions than a James Cook at 51, but he put up over 105 more yards at 607 yards on the ground. His per um, per reception average was 0.1 better at 11.9 yards, so he was more efficient with his receiving work as well. Um, the only category he did not increase at was the receiving touchdowns, and I do that solely due to the fact that touchdowns are sticky based off of the team success, not so much as the player. When it goes to the rushing stats, you would hope that James Cook could save himself in the running side of the ball, but unfortunately, yet again, you cannot. Uh, when you look at the rushes, total rush volume uh, over the last 23 games that James Cook played, he only had 158 carries. That is right. That is under eight carries per game is what he received in college over the last two years. He accounted for 1,031 yards on the ground for 6.5 yards per clip, which is actually better than the 6.3 that Mr. Rashad White had, but the volume was just abysmal. He had only had 10 rushing touchdowns, so a rushing touchdown every other game, as opposed to when you look at Rashad White's stats and his overall production of the last two years. And mind you, this is in eight less games, only 15 total games compared to the 23 games that James Cook had over the last two years. Rashad White carried the ball 224 times for 1,420 yards, almost 500 yards more than Mr. James Cook, a 6.3 yards per clip, which is pretty comparable to the 6.5 that James Cook had, and his rushing touchdowns were doubled at 20, so he averaged over a rushing touchdown per game over the last 15 games. That's just production, guys. Just from a production standpoint, I had Rashad White ranked higher than Mr. James Cook in my ranks, and that's how I was pre-draft. When I'm looking at this overall production, you can't argue that James Cook is anything more than a complete projection, and albeit a projection on a very prolific offense. But again, there is some recency bias going on with this Buffalo Bills offense, just from what we've seen over the last basically 18 months of production from Josh Allen, that I think people aren't really taking into account of really the lack of rushing volume and the lack of passing volume to the running back group. I think when I dive into these numbers of the overall schemes that they've been working with, you'll kind of see why I'm leaning so heavily towards Rashad White for this year and really going forward over the next couple of years compared to a James Cook, even though I'm not extremely high on either one of them. When you look at the overall offensive rank over their systems, you have James Cook going into Buffalo. It is the first-year coordinator in Ken Dorsey taking over the OC duties after Brian Dable left. So you're hoping that you get a similar – let me rephrase that. You're anticipating a similar type of scheme and rushing volume type of workload in a Ken Dorsey offense just because odds are he's not going to make huge waves as he starts to kind of get his feet wet in this offensive coordinator role for Buffalo. When – Tampa Bay and Rashad White, you have Brian Leftwich again as the OC, still with Tom Brady at the helm, and this is an offense that predicates itself on a lot of passing volume. They were number one in pass volume in all of the NFL, and although their rushing offensive rank was, when compared to Buffalo's of six due to efficiency metrics, was only 20th, um, the RB carries are pretty similar. You're looking basically at an RB2 carry average on a Buffalo Bills team of 104 carries per season over the last two years, and you're looking at 100 carries per season for the RB2 in a Brian Leftwich run offense over the last two years. When you're looking at the overall rush volume, 
like I said, um, the, being the most pass-heavy team in the league, Tampa Bay is not even close to what you were getting from a volume standpoint from Buffalo. But when it comes to the overall production from the fantasy backs, that's where it kind of starts to get a little bit interesting. Um, so when you're looking at the RB target average per year, when it comes to what you can expect from the running back position. In Buffalo, there's an average of 75 targets combined between multiple running backs that you will get on their team. Conversely, when you're looking at Tampa Bay, they average 128 targets to the running backs on any given season of the last two years. You're looking at basically a 45% difference compared to what you would be anticipating in Buffalo versus what you would be anticipating from Tampa. And ultimately, I think the quarterbacks are going to be the two factors that drive this argument towards Rashad White so heavily compared to a James Cook. It's due to the fact that, again, this is just the trope that happens every year, but Tom Brady is getting older. So when you're comparing him to Josh Allen, who is already miraculously mobile and a very, very big threat on the ground in the goal line situation, you're going to be taking away those boom bust plays of the touchdowns for backs in this system. You're looking at a guy who knows he's very capable of scrambling and very capable of designed play calls as a rushing quarterback. So when you're looking at the overall outlook, James Cook basically has to start solidifying. I want typically from my true gangbusters, what you see from the Alvin Kamara's, what you see from the Ezekiel Elliott's in their prime, you want pushing 40% slot snap share for your running backs if you want them to be a true receiving threat back. If they're not, you're going to get dump downs. And what I've seen is an inefficiency from James Cook to be productive off of exclusively screens. He just has not put up the numbers and he has not put up the consistency. When you're looking at the Buffalo offense in general, when it's the overall targets that he's going to be competing with as well, you're looking at Devin Singletary, who was doing very well as a pass down back, as well as a between the tackles grinder who kind of fits the exact same kind of mold as a James Cook. He's not quite as explosive, obviously, but then again, they're both undersized backs. James Cook is a little bit bigger and a little bit faster. But other than that, when you look at their adjusted metrics coming out, they're actually pretty similar. Zach Moss is pretty much dead in the water, and I think that's anticipated for most people. Um, but what you're seeing is a large target distribution in this offense with a lot of weapons up for grab. But they brought in a namestay at the slot receiver position in Jamison Crowder. They drafted my personal favorite guy that everyone knows about from the pre-draft process in Khalil Shakir. They still have Stephon Diggs, and everyone's calling for the Gabriel Davis boom breakout. So when you're looking at this overall, you know, pass volume market share, you're not looking at a team that's going to be running the ball so much. You're going to rely on your Josh Allen slinging the ball. That's the best part of your team. And in the similar vein of what we see with a Aaron Rodgers led offense, what we see with a Tom Brady led offense, a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert, you don't see those even splits. It always leans towards the pass game heavily. And I anticipate it still being towards the pass game heavily for the Buffalo Bills in the same capacity when it goes to what we're going to be dealing with with Rashad White in Tampa Bay. His competition is a little bit stiffer and Leonard Fournette in front of him who just got re-upped. Everyone can make the fat boy jokes all they would like to, but when you're looking at the overall outlook for target competitions, there are actually quite a few question marks on this team right now. Russell Gage is dealing with an injury. Godwin may or may not be healthy early on. Mike Evans is still on the team, but he perennially is injured as well. They no longer have Gronk to 
soak up those targets in the middle. They no longer have OJ Howard to soak up those targets in the middle. So they're going with a bunch of old guys that have never really truly broken out. And then a true rookie in Cole Turner, who I didn't really like a lot going into the process, you know, the pre-draft process. So when you're looking at them from their offensive side, you are looking at an RB target average, like I said, of 128 targets. So if you can just equate basically half of those to a guy like Rashad White, as long as his pass protection is up to snuff, which it very much was at his time in Arizona State, you're looking at a pretty good sizable target chunk for a guy, even just as a third down back. That's about the average, that 65 to 70 range is exactly what you see from a guy like Naheen Hines. So if you're high on Naheen Hines, as everyone likes to be currently on this offseason, uh, you know, hype train, uh, super, super experience that everyone likes to, uh, you know, kind of throw out into the ether right now based off of one comment for Frank Reich. Um, you should like Rashad White because the opportunity is going to be very similar. The overall touches, like I said, the RB2 carry average is right about 100. And then at that point, you would be looking at roughly 70 targets. That would be more production on the ground and through the air on an average basis than what we've seen from a guy like Naheem Hines, what we saw from Theo Riddick in his time in Detroit, what we typically see from those scat backs across the league outside of a guy like Kareem Hunt. So those are actually pretty good average numbers is what we're seeing. You're just hoping that Rashad White can take that role over the Keyshawn Vaughns of the world as the true pass back. There is still a Gio Bernard threat in this backfield as well, which can be concerning because he may be one of the probably top five pass blocking backs in the league. And that's not hyperbole. Um, Just go back and watch it. And Tom Brady seems to trust him quite a bit. But when I look at the overall exodus of a Rojo in this offense, you're looking at 160 RB touches that are up for grabs. If Rashad White comes in and takes all 160 of those and everyone else stays in the roles that they were in last year, you could see a pretty productive rookie running back that people were getting at the tail end of the second round and early end of the third round. When you look at the vacated total touches for the RB position, when you're um, looking at Buffalo and James Cook, there's only 52 vacated touches from this position. So you have to see a drastic, massive, massive, massive drop off in touches from a Singletary Moss combination to where James Cook immediately steps in, takes over an entire role basically in this offense and sees an uptick in the passing game work with more competition coming in. And that's just something that's not super feasible to me. So when you're looking at all these categories, I'm doing a little bit better job of this one, comparing you and just giving you the raw numbers for all of these metrics that I've bumped across. There's 23 total categories that I'm looking at when I'm doing these stat analysis and my overall takes on them. 15 out of the 23 lean towards Rashad White, almost double compared to the eight that go to James Cook. And the ones that go towards James Cook are typically just draft stock, (laughs) age, and receiving touchdowns. That takes up half of it, basically, of the categories that he won. When it comes to all the production matrix, it's all basically looking at the efficiency of the offense of Buffalo and saying, okay, it's a very efficient and good offense, so that usually bodes well for a running back. But the thing is, in this efficient offense, I want to see the opportunity be solely thrown towards a James Cook, and that's something I can't promise pretty much on any team, let alone on a team that already has so many offensive weapons, so many receiving weapons, specifically in the middle of the field, as well as a running back where people can crap on him all they want, but Zevin Singletary, who is very consistent with the ball in his hands. So yes, explosive. Apparently, um, people like him a lot in James Cook. He's the favorite guy, and he's still going in the back end of rookie drafts. 
back into the first round. Um, Rashad White is a cheaper version, a larger version, and an athletically incredibly, incredibly superior prospect compared to James Cook. So it's pretty much a no-brainer for me. Uh, I've been leaning into it since the beginning of the episode, as you guys know, but I'm 100% on the Rashad White train compared to a James Cook, and there's no way I would have burned a first-round pick on a guy like James Cook compared to a Rashad White. Even in Scott Fishbowl, I was kind of eyeballing Rashad White, but he unfortunately went a little bit before I was able to pick him. But um, it's just a guy I'm avoiding. He's a guy that, yeah, if you want to buy into his second-year dip, I think James Cook is probably a player you can really lean into next year based off the fact that Singletary will probably be gone. Moss will probably be gone, but I'm just warning you, they could very easily bring in another running back next year or a free agent like a Kareem Hunt. And this offense looks completely different with a different back in it. So um, it's a wait and see thing for both of these prospects. I'm not super high on either one of them, but I am significantly higher on Rashad White than James Cook, like I said. So that should tell you just avoid James Cook. It's my personal advice. Um, albeit, I will uh, use this as a stipulation. The one thing that I missed solely and severely on last year was my third down back pick in Jivian Hawkins. This as I alluded to at the beginning of the episode, is one of the harder roles to truly peg down in the NFL. So it's kind of a go out and get your guy. But all the numbers, the production, and the overall outlook of touch distribution on these offenses is pointing in just big neon letters, basically spelling it out that Rashad White is the guy to go with. Um, kind of an unpopular opinion for most, especially based off the fact that we haven't really heard a ton out of camp coming from Rashad White and James Cook still, just because sleeper is sleeper, likes to be that hype train, um, you know, little drum bouncing around. But this has been the third down running back episode. As I said, this is a two-week series now on the running backs. Next week, we will be talking about the big-bodied bruiser running backs in comparison between two guys that are pretty interesting due to the dearth of talent around them in their offenses, as well as the overall reliance that their teams are most likely going to have. One is a complete projection in a similar capacity to James Cook and a guy I didn't like before. And the other one is um, about as prolific as a rusher you could have had over the last two years. And honestly, is still being slept on in redraft and in dynasty leagues as a third slash fourth round pick of the running back position that I think is a mistake. But as always, this has been the Rookie Rundown on the DWZU Network. And until next week, have a fantastic time. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak